A new book is shedding light on the artist Frida Kahlo's time in the United States, including right here in Detroit. Kahlo was married to Diego Rivera as he worked on the Detroit industry murals at the DIA. Frida in America, The Creative Awakening of a Great Artist is out now. It was written by Celia Starr. She's a professor at the University of San Francisco, where she specializes in modern and contemporary American art. She says a lack of diversity in the history of books of art led her to dive into the life of Frida Kahlo. Most of the artists I had ever read about or heard about were white European artists. And so I started thinking about Frida Kahlo because I I was teaching her. And I thought, oh, this would be fascinating because she's a Mexican artist, but she's living in the United States between 1930 and 1933, this very tumultuous period of our history in the United States, but also a tumultuous period for Frida and where she ultimately makes major breakthroughs into her her style and also the subject matter she focuses in on. And so that really is the starting point then of thinking about this as a book. And what I realized is that I wanted to be able to tell the story in a way that could have an impact on people, you know, where they could feel, hopefully, that they were on this journey with Frida. And part of what was important for me, too, was to really deal with her paintings in a very substantial way. Because while she's become this icon now, oftentimes we don't talk as much about her artwork. And I didn't feel that there was that much out there really looking at her development, her her creative process. So I also was imagining in my mind if there was a way that I could write about her work so that it was almost as if you were walking into the paintings, as if they were rooms, and that you had a a kind of intimate connection to the work that's different from just looking at it maybe on a wall. The context is so important of when these works were being made and what was happening in her life. So let's kind of get into that era that you cover in this book. Can you set the scene politically and socially? What was happening on the ground in 1930 to 1933 in in Detroit and in the United States? And what was the the social status of Diego and Frida at that time? Between the period of 1930 and 1933, when they're in the United States, the economy is getting worse. By 1932, Fortune magazine reports that the, the unemployment rate is increasing rapidly that one out of four Americans is unemployed. Banks are closing. So people are very nervous. They don't know what the future is going to hold. And and what Frida really discusses in letters that she writes home is how she and Diego both are seeing all of these uh, people who are suffering. First off, she sees people in line, you know, waiting for for food, you know, bread lines. Um, She sees, you know, people who are homeless, were living in makeshift camps. This is in New York and in Detroit. She says that really rather disgusted by the fact that on one hand, they're being wined and dined by the you know, people in the art world who are essentially supporting Diego. And if we're in New York for his uh, major retrospective at the Museum of Modern Art, of course, the Rockefellers were very important for, for Diego and his work, especially uh, Abby Rockefeller. And so they're going to these parties and they're seeing lots of, you know, food and and drinks and people having a great time on the one hand. And then on the other hand, you know, seeing people who are destitute in the streets. And so that really disturbs 
Frida quite a bit. And then on top of all of that, you have what's been called the, the repatriation of Mexicans, both Mexicans who were uh, citizens, legal residents, and, and some who were uh, here working but didn't have legal status. And so you see this repatriation of Mexicans back to, to Mexico from the United States. And that's really uh, devastating to the, to the Mexican population because people are rounded up and basically put on trains and sent back to Mexico without you know, even being asked or to show, can you show that you are an American citizen or you have legal status? And uh, between 1930 and 1933, there's an estimation of about 356,000 Mexicans, some say 400,000, who are sent back to Mexico. And that's in that period when Frida and Diego are here. When you think about the um, 1930s in general, there are estimates of one to two million Mexicans who are ultimately sent back. So that's also a hu- has a huge impact on this country and also what Frida and Diego witnessed. And Frida actually ends up taking the train from Detroit back to her home in Mexico in 1932. And, and so I wanted to really look at that journey back and to talk about that and what it was like for her, because it's at this time when you have repatriation uh, taking place. And also, of course, it's devastating for Frida because she's going back to Mexico because her mother is really ill. How does that play out in her work visually during this time? Frida's very disturbed, yes, by all these things that she's, she's experiencing. And so when she leaves New York in 1931 and goes, is going to Detroit, she is uh, pregnant. And by the time she gets to, to Detroit then, uh, you know, Detroit was actually uh, one of the hardest hit uh, cities in the United States at that, at that time. Uh, something like 50% of Detroiters were unemployed. And this was apparently like double the national average, according to the U.S. Census. So it was considered one of the hardest hit of 19 cities. And again, you know, so Frida is seeing all of this uh, turmoil in, in Detroit. There had just been a, uh, a Ford hunger march about a month before she arrived, where workers and unemployed workers, laid-off workers for, for Ford Motor Company, were essentially marching, asking for food. They're asking to have some relief. Because there was no unemployment at that time. If you got, you know, laid off, you were laid off. You were out of luck. So they're marching, and in this uh, march, uh, Ford has his private security open fire, and four people were killed. And so, you know, when, when Frida arrives in Detroit, it's, it's, it's in even worse shape in, in many ways probably than New York was. And at the same time, she's pregnant, and she's feeling all of these different things about the pregnancy, according to letters, you know, letters that she's writing, and particularly one letter to Dr. Ella Wester, a good friend of hers in San Francisco. And she seems to be quite ambivalent about uh, having the, the child because of various things. First, her health. She had various uh, health issues, problems with her spine, problems with her leg. Her father had epilepsy. She had concerns about that getting passed on to a child. She was worried about whether she could withstand the pregnancy, uh, what would happen in terms of delivery. She was worried ultimately from, about dying. And so all of that's churning inside of her. She decides, oh, I think I should have an abortion. She talks to Dr. Pratt uh, 
at the Henry Ford Hospital about it. He gives her quinine and castor oil to to ingest, and she thinks she has a miscarriage, but she doesn't. So she's still, you know, going through all of this uh, emotional turmoil. Finally, she decides, okay, maybe I I, I should have the child. I'm gonna I'm gonna go forward with it. But then she ultimately does have a, a, a very what's described as almost a, again could be a near fatal, it's not clear miscarriage. But we know that she was hemorrhaging quite heavily and had to be taken to Henry Ford Hospital. So it's while she's in the hospital recovering from this miscarriage that she starts to to draw, and she draws several important images. But but one is the basis for. Uh, one of her, her major breakthrough paintings called Henry Ford Hospital. And so you see Frida on a um, hospital bed, essentially, placed in this desolate landscape with the uh, Ford River Rouge factory in the background. And then Frida is on this, this bed. She looks very small. She's nude, and she's hemorrhaging in the bed with the white sheets. And then she has these red strings uh, attached to these various objects. One of them is her um, her child that she has, you know, uh, miscarried, and then various other objects. And so it has this almost otherworldly look to it. And she is, in part, basing it on these retablo paintings that were done in Mexico, uh, small paintings on tin created by artisans who were not trained as artists in the art school and, and who would sell them in the markets to, to people who had a family member who was supposed to die, say was in a bad accident, but survived. And so they want to give thanks to, say, Christ, to Mary, maybe a particular saint, for intervening and saving their loved one. And so these small paintings done on tin are painted in a way that they're not using, say, one-point linear perspectives. And, and so they have also this uh, look to them that is not, it's not coming from a, uh, an artist, again, who's trained in an art academy going back to, say, a European tradition. And so Frida loved these, these paintings, and I think she saw them as connected to the people of Mexico. And so she wanted to create in that kind of a style. And so in this painting, you have that... Uh, that kind of style that she's utilizing, and it's also painted on metal. But instead of having you know, a figure of, say, Christ in the painting, she has the Ford River Rouge plant. And so she's doing a lot here with this painting that I go into a lot of detail in the book about. So what we see here that's happening that's different in Frida's work is, A, she's really trying to work out this style where it's rooted in all of these uh, Mexican traditions, so the, the tableau painting, but also I talk about some connections to, to Aztec culture and an emphasis on um, blood. Um, but, of course, blood is also emphasized in a lot of uh, paintings of Christ, for example, in Catholicism. And so the style is very much rooted in her uh, Mexican you know, uh, upbringing, but also the subject of course, is coming out of what happened to her in Detroit. So the subject is clearly from Detroit, Henry Ford Hospital, but the, uh, all of the influences 
of her style come from Mexico. Second, what's important here in terms of the subject matter, by showing a woman bleeding on a bed, nude, having a miscarriage, this was unheard of in, in Western art. You just don't see these kinds of images. Uh, and so that, this, what we might call taboo subject matter, particularly connected to a woman's experience, that was all very new. So she's really coming into her own, both in terms of developing her style and focusing on subject matter that was, again, what we might consider taboo. with Celia Starr. She's the author of Frida in America, The Creative Awakening of a Great Artist. 